Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. It's Jeep 4x4 season. Make your next adventure epic and hurry in now for great deals. And now, well-qualified lessees get a low-mileage lease on the 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xe for $3.89 a month for 24 months with $5,399 due at signing. Tax title license extra. No security deposit required. Call 1-888-925-JEEP for details. Requires dealer contribution, a lease to Chrysler Capital. Extra charge for miles over 20000 Residency restrictions apply. Take delivery by 531-23. Jeep is a registered trademark. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Welcome, everybody, to some special bonus content from the Geek Buddies. Uh, I pitched it on Twitter, uh, and it is happening, and that is the spoiler review of Toy Story 4. I am one of your hosts, John Roca. Uh, this is Michael Vogel. And this is Shannon McClung. And uh, we are coming to you live, live from the Roosevelt Hotel in the bar area. So if you hear a little bit of music in the background, I hope it doesn't irritate you, but we'll be drinking and clinking glasses. Oh, should we clink? Oh, yeah. Hey! Hey! hey. Uh, and uh, as we talk about this movie, uh, and if you listened to our episode yesterday, yes, we are still in the Roosevelt Bar. They haven't let us out yet, so we're still drinking. So we're on a yeah, We're having a nice time. We're having a nice time. I feel like partying. It's yeah. good times. Let's do it. Let's do it. People uh, are walking by, wondering what we're doing. Yeah. They want to come hang out. They, they want to be buddies. They might want to sit down and be buddies. They probably do not want to hear spoilers for Toy Story 4, though. That's probably true. <laughs> so let's get we'll into avoid it. Mike, that. Well, let's get into it with you. Mike, let's start with your first impressions. You're the animation guy of the three of us. And by that, I mean you're a showrunner, you're a producer, you're an executive producer, rather. You're a lyricist, uh, you're a writer as well. Many hats. Many, many, many hats. hats. And the lover. And, and the a lover. lover. And a lover. Yes. Of animation. There you go. Well said. <laughs> uh, well, if anybody uh, had listened to our summer movie preview where we talked about what we were excited about, yeah. I said that Toy Story 4 was one of the things I was excited about, and I also talked about what I thought this movie was going to be about. And since mm -hmm. this is the spoiler review, hey I can say that I was right in a very positive <laughs> way. Uh, good way to start a review. Good way to, you know, and when you're right, you like the movie. <laughs> uh, no, I, I loved the movie. I thought it was great. And it was because of exactly what I said. Yeah. Uh, 
they didn't do the same old story with this. Yeah. This was not a Woody gets lost, Woody has to get back to Bonnie yeah. or you know Andy in Toy Story 2. This was a whole different thing. It was a whole yeah. new take on where Woody was in his life, where he was in his uh, life of being a toy. And I thought that uh, it was really, really well done. I mean, what did you guys think? Shannon? Yeah, I really liked it. I mean, watching the trailers, I was one of many who was like, ah... I why you don't need this? Yeah, you don't need this chapter of the story. You, the Toy Story, sto- Toy Story three finished perfectly. Yeah, nice bow. And for so most speak. of the movie, I was thinking this is wonderful and completely unnecessary. Mm-hmm. But then by the time we get to the end, where we see the resolution, I'm kind of like, okay, now I get it. Wow. So the whole movie, you were like, I don't know, should we be doing this? What's I'd say the point? more than half. Wow. And and not not should we be doing it? It right. was hey, I'm really enjoying this. Also. My life wasn't missing this either. Right, right. Fascinating. Uh, I was in from the from almost the opening first five ten minutes of it because once again they it almost followed that game plan of Up where it had this kind of really sentimental beginning and emotional beginning. We see the end of Bo Peep, right? And yeah. shout out to Annie Potts, who sometimes as an actor, you know, you get these opportunities to voice these roles, but you don't know if you're going to get called back and really become the central part of the movie. Well, and who knew and when Toy Story incredible. 1 came out in right. 1996 that uh, that Bo Peep was going to be a big part of the fourth movie. Exactly. <laughs> you didn't see that coming, right? Like 23 years later. Uh, but like, it's incredible to see how, although the actors have aged, the characters haven't aged, and their voice work hasn't aged. So it feels like it's still very much in the universe. All four of these movies, you can watch them back to back. And wouldn't be able to catch a difference necessarily in the performance. And Agreed. I, th- I think the reason that Pixar keeps doing it well with the mm. Toy Story movies is because every Toy Story movie is about a very different thing. So Toy Story 1 is really about the most important thing in the world yeah. is being there for your kid. Right, right, right. That They really nail that. And Toy Story 2 kind of flips it a little bit and says, well... Your kid is finite. Is it better to be sort of adored by many, but through, uh, you know, through mm. through glass? Right. So adored by many from afar, right. or to be loved by that one kid, knowing that it's not going to last forever. And right. Woody chooses the the love of the kid, even though he knows it's going to last forever. And I think what was so wonderful about Toy Story three and that surprised people is it was a surprising thing, which is nobody ever thought that they would deal with. Yeah. Oh, well, what happens when the kid grows up? And their ending to that, which was surprising and fun and satisfying, was Andy's going to give all those toys to Bonnie. And we all cried, and it was beautiful, and it was kind of the perfect ending. Um, So there is that sort of a why do you need Toy Story 4. But what they did with Toy Story 4, which I thought was really great, is... Woody was Andy's favorite toy. Right. Woody's not Bonnie's favorite toy. Right. I mean, Woody wasn't Bonnie's favorite toy before Forky came along. Yeah. And then with the introduction of Forky, who's voiced amazingly by Tony Hale, who we saw, who we all saw in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, Bonnie's Bonnie doesn't dislike Woody, but right. Woody is in a position that he's never been in before. Right. Which is he doesn't really have anything to do. And that opens up this whole different thing because all of a sudden Woody's life is not satisfying anymore. So that perfect Mm -hmm. ending that we got in Toy Story 3 where we're like, oh, okay, I feel good. They're all taken care of. We've all of a sudden opened up this can of worms where that's not necessarily the case for Woody anymore. Right. He had this box that he was in and living in and it took Bo Peep, him running into Bo Peep again for her to show him, look, there's a whole nother world out here. You've just been used to this and you've found security in this. If you don't take chances in life, you're not going to see what could what more could be out there for you 
if you just keep staying in a comfort zone. Right, because Bonnie's group of toys, they were already established yeah. before Woody right. and Buzz and Rex and all of them came in. So we got to see sort of the, the uncertainty of Woody in this new group dynamic mm-hmm. where he's not the leader anymore. Right. He's, he's the guy who doesn't always get picked. For the team, and it was really heartbreaking. Yeah. Well, and they've made a point, even from the very first movie, when Woody kind of freaks out about being a lost toy. Like, Jesse was abandoned. That was the worst thing in the world for her. Uh, Lotso, the worst thing in the world for him was his kid left him. I mean, this is a big issue. And all of a sudden, we get to Toy Story 4, and Bo Peep was abandoned, and Bo Peep's life is great. And Bo Peep was... um she was circumspect about it. She understood the situation. She didn't break down or yeah. cry. She figured, she was like, okay, this is what happens. This is life. And so where you have this franchise where every toy's existence is sort of uh, defined by having a kid. Yeah. And Toy Story 4 opens up this world and says, hey, what about you? Like, what else, what else right. is out there? And I thought that was a really interesting idea. And it was a really interesting thing to take this character of Woody, whose entire character over the course of three movies, over the course of decades, yeah. has been about being there for a kid and having him question that. Like, I thought that was really, really interesting and amazing. Yeah. Shannon? Yeah. I mean, I love the new characters that they added. Oh, yeah. Key and Peele as, what, Bunny and Ducky. Yeah. Uh, Keanu Reeves as Duke Kaboom. My God. <laughs> Keanu Reeves almost steals the movie. Uh, almost steals because everyone is doing excellent work, but he almost steals the movie with this character and the puns they give him, the design of the character, the posing thing, which is just so perfect when you have one of those uh, uh, toys, and then his kid, which is really the the thing uh, overall. The French Canadian, the French Canadian kid who was unsatisfied with his present it's on a, Boxing Day. It's a commercial. It's not real. The fact that they actually said Boxing Day. Boxing Day. Brilliant. Just now, brilliant. I don't think Toy Story 4 is better than Toy Story 3. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't think It's better it, than Toy Story 2 for mine. You think it is? I, th- oh, I do. Okay. I do. Yeah. I would place it formally, uh, firmly in the fourth, really? fourth spot. Yeah. Okay. I love Toy Story 2. Okay. I don't know where it falls. I just know that Toy Story 3 is pretty much my favorite Pixar movie, period. Fair. And so... I don't think it attained that level, mm-hmm. but uh, I think that's I think that doesn't have anything to do with Toy Story four not being amazing because right. I think it was. I just think it has to do with I think Toy Story three is just flawless in its execution, Agreed. in its story. I think that all of the toys, all of Andy's toys that are left at that point, the potato heads, mm-hmm. Rex, Ham, Bullseye. Jesse, Buzz, Woody, all like I think they're all featured. They all have major moments to really shine. Right. And I do think if I had one sort of uh, critique of this movie is I think that the toys that we know as a group are a little bit pushed to the side yeah. to make way for the story and Bo Peep and all these new characters. And so I think that they didn't quite attain that great balance that Toy Story 3 had. Yeah. And so I think that's one place where I think that I would have loved to have seen more, but that's getting into the weeds on what would have made an amazing movie even more amazing. Agreed. Like the things that they accomplished with this movie and the emotion. Like I didn't think that Toy Story Four was gonna just get me in the feels and get me choked up at the end. And although I did not ball like yeah. a baby the way I did at the end of Toy Story Three, like the ending of this movie really got me. And I know it's a spoiler review, so we're allowed to tell you guys, but I almost don't want to say. Yeah, uh, I want I want to leave that one for everybody. You can um, skirt around it, but yeah. 
Yeah, I, I thought the opening scene, because I tend to be more of an action guy, mm. that opening scene was fantastic. That yeah. was edge of your seat. And uh, again, it packed that uh, emotional wallop. Yeah. That maybe not quite up level, but still, uh, it really got well, yeah, the, it got the you really movie see, going. You know, you know in Toy Story 4, 3, you know, you know that Bo got lost. You don't really yeah. know why. Um, but they do mention that. And so, yeah, the whole opening of the movie is really like finding out what happened to Bo yeah. and what happened on that awful stormy night where Bo and Woody got separated. And they yeah. really did a lovely job of really reestablishing that relationship with those two and deepening it in the opening, yep. you know, 10 minutes of the film. How much of that do you think they knew going in? Because I imagine when they started doing Toy Story 3, there weren't, they weren't thinking that there was going to be a Toy Story 4. No, Do you of think they not. kind of put that off to the side, like, you know what, we're going to save this for a future story? No. Uh, I believe it was Rashida Jones Rashida. and her writing partner that yep. came in and pitched this. This was where the whole drama came because... They left the project feeling they couldn't work with Lassiter because they claimed Lassiter had uh, done some things or whatever. Well, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, there was... it was less about Lassiter and more about Pixar as a whole. Right. I the, mean, yeah. it got looped into all of the Lassiter stuff that happened. Yeah. But what she specifically said was that she didn't feel like uh, Pixar as a company listened to uh, diverse voices. Yes. And they didn't feel like they could really work with Pixar. So yeah. they loved what Pixar did. They loved Pixar's work, but they didn't feel they could work there anymore. But it was Rashida Jones and her writing partner. This that was came, a story she pitched. They came yeah. in with, like, the earliest thing that they said about Toy Story 4 when they announced that it was going to happen is it was going to be Pixar's first full love story. Yeah. I would argue that Wally is really a love story, but the way that they pitched it was That's this fair. is our first out and out love story, and it's not really part of that original trilogy Toy Story films. This is a new story and it's really about Woody and Bo and that's what Rashida mm -hmm. Jones and her writing partner came in with. I think what was really uh, great about the film too is it definitely dealt with this idea of the remove of the switching of power here in the situation. It's usually been Woody or Buzz kind of leading this thing but we, you know this one it's Bo Peep. It's a female leading the situation. It's a female child. All of this but there were no shots unnecessary shots taken and another, it all works seamlessly and the moments where Woody is kind of called out for being oblivious to certain situations. There's no neon light put on it. It's just very much in casual conversations she, with Billy well, Go Gruff. She goes like, he goes, I didn't know that name. She goes, you didn't ask. You well, never asked. And, a thing and I that, thought that was great. A it's thing that deft. often happens in the past with these types of movies mm -hmm. where a male character runs into a female character after a long time and yeah. the female character is super competent is the traditional way of storytelling in a lot of Hollywood movies is yeah. Even though the female is super competent, the male ends up being the hero because he's the male and he ends right. up being the guy that saves her in the end. And they very specifically went away from all yeah. of that. Like Bo Peep at no point in this movie needs to be rescued by anybody. Nope. Nope. So I thought that was really, really well done. And to your point, they really did show that Woody is more out of his element here. Yeah. Uh, and is doing what he thinks is right, but that isn't always necessarily the smartest thing. Yeah, not only does yeah. she not need to be rescued, she's the one doing the rescuing. Right, right. And sometimes, and, and it showcases Woody's desire to sometimes jump the gun into certain situations because he thinks he knows best, and then other people have to bail him out. I think that moment where Bo Peep says to him, look at us, after they escaped the uh, uh, antique store, right. and he's just like wants to go barreling back in there, she has to calm him down and be like, Look at us. Nobody wants to go with you. You need to figure out what the hell you're doing, why you want to do this, what's really happening here. And she breaks him down, but it, but he's still who he is, right? As much as she breaks him down, he's still who he is. And then eventually she reappreciates that, comes back, and they get back together. And, and what happens at the end is 
really fantastic, and you don't know which way it's going to go. And then when it goes the way it does, you're like, wow, they're really going to make this decision. They're really going to make this decision. And although it feels final, you could see the possibility of a five. You could see it. Yeah, down somebody, the road. somebody just asked me. They were like, I was just texting with a friend yeah. as soon as we got out of the movie, and they're like, so do you think this is the last one? And I was like, I think it feels like an ending. Um, there could be more. I mean, I didn't think Certainly. that there needed to be an ending after Toy Story 3. And right. I am sure that when this movie comes out, there will be people that will say, "I that was lovely. I didn't need this. Yeah. Um, to me, because it actually deals with the reality yeah. of Bonnie's not going to love you forever the way Andy did. Like, you know, Andy and you had a special relationship. Right, right. That's not you and Bonnie. And that's a very real thing. To me, if a Toy Story 5 came out and dealt with another very real reality that we haven't thought about yet i'd be here for it and if they can continue doing that i mean i was sitting there thinking about it at the end as i was kind of emotional watching how things wrapped up and i was like i was a senior in high school when i saw toy story and i am now sitting here with you two watching toy story 4 many years later and i have lived with woody i mean i i love woody yeah i have a lot in common with woody both positive and especially negative traits. <laughs> sure. sure. Uh, and so just watching this character, this animated pull string cowboy that I've watched since high school and watching where he ended up, like it really, it really got me. Yeah. Like it really, really uh, affected me probably deeper than I've right now realized. Yeah. I'm going to have some thoughts when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I thought the, uh, and buzz, although it felt like buzz was a third wheel at times in this situation. They still gave Buzz a great emotional moment at the end and stuff to do, and Jesse as well. So now where this goes is that Buddy uh, is that uh, uh, Woody is off with Bo Peep creating a separate family, and then you have uh, Jesse and uh, Buzz now, kind of like the mother and father of that family that's wow. being left behind. I didn't want to tell everybody what happened at the end, but it's a spoiler well, review, so it's, it's fine. A spoiler that review it. for God's sakes. If you're trying to keep listening. some things, okay. some things secret, but no, it All is. Right. Uh, but when yeah. Duke Kaboom dies. That Duke was Kaboom dies in a massive explosion. <laughs> That's like Duke goes Kaboom. Kaboom. He can. Um, but yeah, like, so I think yeah. I, I think this is a three geek buddies high recommend. Yeah, I think it's one of the highlights of summer so far. So far, and uh, you know, I think that if you love these characters and you love the franchise, even if you felt like Toy Story three was that perfect ending, yeah. I think this gives you something that you weren't expecting and kind of deepens the lore of what it is to be a toy in this universe. Yeah. Agreed. Highly, highly enjoyable. Go see this one in a theater. Yeah. Go see this with a date. Go see this with your family. Go see it. And don't be surprised that you come out of this being a little more introspective about yourself. Yes, an animated film about toys that talk will make you take a look possibly at yourself because there's lessons like there are in every one of the best of these movies. There are lessons here to take with you whether you want to listen to them or not, it's your choice. And I think that's what's so uh, great about the, That's what speaks about the, the best parts of the franchise. Uh, all right. That's our uh, spoiler review of Toy Story 4. Uh, thanks so much for downloading this episode listening to us. Uh, Mike, what do you want to tell them? Uh, I want you guys to go uh, give us some reviews, give us some ratings, retweet us. Go tell your friends, hey, there's these three guys. They talk about movies. <laughs> They're very charming. They sound handsome. Truth. Just go, like, give us reviews. Spread us around. We want to spread the geek love to everybody. Yeah, yeah, and if you want to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. And on Instagram, it is at the underscore geek underscore buddies. There you go. Uh, and you can follow Mike at MKToon. 
You can follow Roca at the Roca says, right? And you can follow me because these guys just don't remember my handles. Apparently, they're very complicated. On, on Twitter, Shannon underscore McClung, yeah. and on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy. Now you've been doing a really good job. Your Instagram game is strong. For a rookie, your Instagram game is strong. I'm just feeling my way in the dark right now. Uh huh. That's what the best of them say. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Thanks everybody for listening. We will talk to you soon, and we'll talk to you next time on. The Geek Buddies! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.